Hello, welcome to Locked on Sharks, the premier hockey podcast of your favorite Eric Carlson, because Eric Carlson is the San Jose Sharks. Today we're going to uh, react to a 5-3 to three Sharks win with a very, very special guest. So all that and more on today's episode of Locked on Sharks. You're Locked on Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, J.D. Young, contributor at Fear the Fin, San Jose Hockey Now. I want to thank you for making Locked On Sharks your first listen. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. But today... We have the great summoning salt, uh, speedrunner extraordinaire, um, Sharks fan. Wanted to bring you on and, and talk. We actually got a really awesome game here with, with Eric Carlson doing Eric Carlson things. But uh, how are you doing today, buddy? Yeah, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's pretty surreal to hear that the Locked On Sharks intro live felt real <laughs> special. So uh, now I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you. Uh, I, I, it's kind of crazy, you know. Get, get a DM. We kind of DM'd each other and stuff recently. And then you just like, I was like, hey, you know, let's pick a random day and you never know what happens. And of course, we get Eric Carlson tonight uh, with a goal and three assists, his fourth four point at night. Uh, I think we have to start there, right? Mm-hmm. Eric Carlson's the best defenseman in hockey. Eric Carlson's the best player in hockey. Eric Carlson's just the best person in the world. Where do you want to go? <laughs> yeah, the underpaid Eric Carlson. Um, no, Pay him I mean, more. I mean, look, he's on pace for 109 points right now. Um, <laughs> Paul Coffey, right? It's the last guy to do that, I think. Uh, but God, man, Eric, Eric freaking Carlson. Um, he just keeps going like two point night, three point night, four point night. You know, have an off night, only get one point. He'll go right back to two or three point nights. Um, I don't even know what else to say at this point uh, beyond what you've been saying. It's just crazy to watch him night in, night out. Yeah, and it's like, especially the way the Sharks kind of started this game, right? It was really kind of slow, and you're like, uh, same old Sharks. And then they just kind of found their groove in the second period. And again, it's Eric Carlson. And um, that snipe, he had his goal to put the Sharks ahead 4-3. to three. Um, Absolutely just atrocious um, in the best possible way of like, that's like a you know, Austin Matthews level snipe right there. And that's coming from your defenseman, Eric Carlson. Um, I, I, I'm running out of words to talk about him other than he's, you should just give him the Norris this right now um, because there's nobody else doing what he does, especially from the defensive position for their team. Yeah, I mean, I know the defense is a little shaky, but who cares? Offense, defense is for nerds. <laughs> when the offense is that far ahead of any other defenseman, like it doesn't really matter. Like if he's going to get 110 points and the runner-up is like 80, I mean, you can't not give him the Norris. Like there's no other option. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, you you bring up a good point. The, the defense and stuff like that, but like you said, if your if your offense is that, if you're producing, you know, 30 plus more points than the other defenseman. So if you give up a couple goals here and there because you're, you know, not there defensively, who cares? You're providing so much more offense that it doesn't matter if you give up a goal here and there. So, um, yeah, we, we've I, I've talked about Eric Carlson for Jillian. He's amazing. Uh, I don't know what else to say. He's great. Um, where would you like to go? What, what kind of stood out for you in this game? 
Uh, it was fun to watch Sharks hockey again. I know that's kind of a broad topic, but there's been so many games this year where it's just, you know, the choke at the end, the collapse somewhere. Um, it's one of those games that it, it almost makes me feel like a what if sort of season, because I know the Sharks, you know, they, they probably, they didn't have any chance of being a contender this year, but I was seeing an article in the athletic where it talked about, you know, um, expected goals, expected goals against. And it said mm-hmm. that according to that, if they had gotten league average goaltending, their projection right now would have been a number one wild card spot, which on nights like tonight, you can see it. Yeah. Uh, problem of course, is the goaltending hasn't been there. There's been a bunch of turnovers. Um, and tonight we kind of just saw a good all around game other than maybe the first goal led in by, by James Reimer. And it's like, yeah, I could see how, models could see that this team would be a number one wildcard team if they just could play like this regularly. I mean, yeah, before the season, if you told me uh, Eric Carlson's going to score 110 points, uh, Timo Meyer is on pace for, you know, 45, 50 goals. And, you know, you're getting contributions from, you know, like guys like Nick Panino, you're getting guys from, you know, contributions from guys like uh, Matt Nieto. And I mean, I was very loud and vocal being like, this team's bad. They're going to be one of the worst five worst teams, but if you told me all that stuff beforehand, I would have been like, yeah, this team could really, really fight for a wild card spot because I was going to assume that James Reimer would probably, you know, continue his play. And you hope that Capo Kakadin, you traded for him, he would come in and help to solidify the goaltending. And the goaltending has been almost back to where we were when Martin Jones was here. It was just god awful most nights. It's been worse than Martin Jones. <laughs> oh. I mean, I, 870 is Capo Kakadin's save percentage. Like, I know it's probably not all his fault, but 870. Are you kidding? Well, at least we know Martin Jones was. You're getting 896 every year, and that there's nothing you can do about it. It's that's yeah. 896, which is prided in ink. That is what you're getting for three years in a row. But you know, even at, at the end of when when Jones was on his way out, and they had you know your I, they had a bunch of guys in there. I can't remember all the guys they had. Uh, Melnichuk, uh, who else? Yeah, uh, Kojanash. Anyway. All these guys kind of coming in here like, oh, maybe this guy, maybe this guy. And but, you know, that's why you kind of traded for Capo Kakadin to come in and help solidify that role. You know, young enough to where he's still kind of a project or not a project, but, you know, he still has some room for development. But he's played enough NHL games. We kind of knew where he was. And he's been a huge disappointment this season. And Reimer was great last year. And it was just it was tough to see him to continue to be as great as he was last year. And he's been great the past couple of games since coming back from injury. But like you said, you know, if we if the Sharks had gotten league average, mediocre goaltending, this team would be way more competitive than what they they have been. Yeah, Reimer's been kind of all over the place to me. Um, he still gives you the the really good game every now and then. We're reminding you a lot of last year where he's just on fire. Um, <laughs> but yeah, at the end of the day, it's we got two goalies where their save percentages are under nine hundred, and even I know this is like offense is way up this year. Yeah, uh, all around the league, but like still, I mean, it's it's not the early 1980s. You gotta gotta get it above 900 <laughs> or at least above 870. So. <laughs> yes, 896. That's the Mendoza, yeah, that's, right? that's the, the Martin Jones line. Uh, yeah. I gotta keep it over 896. All right, before we continue, um, and then we're gonna kind of talk about Timo Meyer. I want to get into kind of there was a lot of Timo Meyer trade talk tonight, and just kind of talk about the Sharks more and broad with uh, good friend Summoning Salt. Do Need to take a quick break. Uh, talk to you guys about our friends over at uh, Bet Online. 
If you guys don't know by now, BetOnline is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and information. They've got you guys covered with everything, uh, news, stats, analysis, info. You have the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. You've got pro football. Uh, playoffs are here. Go Niners. I'm trading in my Dolphins hat. Go Niners. Um, you have, you know, basketball, college basketball. You've got hockey, of course. They've got you all covered at betaline.net. If you love sports podcasts, which you do because you're listening to one right now, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info in. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right. I would want to bring up Timo Meyer because uh, he was a monster tonight as well. Um, and there's, you know, I don't know if you, the, the, the second intermission or the first intermission, I believe uh, Friedman talked about him being a potential, you know, trade. If, if the sharks would allow other teams to kind of start working with his agent and race representation to try to get, you know, a long-term deal done. I'm really sad about talking about Timo Meyer tra- being traded because he's really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I keep waffling back and forth over <laughs> what I actually want them to do with him. Cause I mean, he he's insane and uh, he, he can like his prime can still be in the window where this team is competitive again. If they turn it around in the next few seasons, like, you know, 30 year old Timo Meyer is still probably going to be insane. Yeah. Um, but obviously the way this season's going they're obviously not making the playoffs, um, and they're uh, to, to use a term that you like to use a lot of the the creamy middle of the top <laughs> ten right now. Uh, if they hang on to Timo Meyer, I I'm, would imagine they're going to trend more toward the number ten pick than the number one pick, right? Like that's pretty pretty likely, I would assume. Um, and if they trade him, it's a lot more likely they'd fall closer to number one. So I don't know. I am very on the fence. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Because, like, if you look at Tankathon, they have a nice kind of, like, strength of schedule, um, you know, where it kind of puts, like, the the toughest teams to the kind of the easiest teams. And the Sharks are – they're ranked 14th right now. So they're kind of, again, in that creamy middle of, of teams uh, with their strength of schedule. They have this brutal, brutal road trip coming up, right, with the this eight-game road trip that's all across, like, the East Coast playing a bunch of great teams. Um, but then you look at like some of the other teams that are around the, the bottom of the standings, like Anaheim has actually the easiest schedule going forward. Um, so you hope that maybe they could pick up a couple wins, right? The Coyotes have like the 24th easiest schedule going forward. Um, Montreal, you got to keep an eye on. They have the toughest schedule going on forward and they just got decimated by injuries. So they could be a, a potential free fall team here. Um, but and then like Chicago, they're twenty first. Nobody's catching Chicago. Um, they're just they're they're terrible. Um, but you know, you look at a bunch of these teams, and there's a lot can happen between now and then. Uh, you know, between now and the end of the season. But you know, I think you, if you want, you still want to be in the top five heading into this draft. Because like I talked with Will Scouch, you know, he was saying if you're in the top five, you're going to feel really really good about your pick. You know, you can still get one of those Leo Carlson's, you know, et cetera, et cetera, type of guys who can come in and help to solidify your franchise uh, going forward. But, you know, it's like, you know, like you said, like I've been saying too, with Timo Meyer, it's he's just entering his prime right now. Like in the way he plays, I don't see him kind of just falling off a cliff type of, of you know, um, yeah, you could, you pay him now and, you know, 
by the time he's 30, you're probably still getting 30 goal team of Meyer for the next, you know, four five, six years. Right. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, you know, if we trade him, we'll get, you know, some decent draft picks, maybe trending toward a uh, top five pick in this draft. But is that worth not having Timo Meyer on your roster when you want to be competitive again in a few years? Um, and it, it, I, I wish I had a better answer than I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's tough. It's really tough. Cause even if say the Sharks draft Leo Carlson, are we sure Leo Carlson's going to be better than Timo Meyer? Yeah. I, honestly, odds are probably not. Like, there's potential for sure, but just yeah. on average, you know, Timo Meyer's like a 45 50 goal scorer right now. <laughs> yeah, he's that's, on that's pace. a high bar. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I know Leo Carlson plus whatever assets you get are those going to be combined to be better than Timo Meyer? Yeah, maybe. Exactly. Who knows? Well, then the other thing is, like, does he even want to stay in San Jose? Like, and that's I, the thing, too. Yeah, if, if he doesn't want to stay, then this is all mute and it doesn't matter. You know, if the Sharks could, I mean, if, um, the Sharks, I'm sure, could offer him a massive amount of money and he that would maybe change his mind. But if, yeah, if he's ready for to go win a championship right now, um, he's in the prime of his career and he can go try to win a championship and make as much money as possible, then best of luck to you, Meyer. Um, you know, I'll continue to root for you. So, all right. Um, what other, I'm going to give the floor to you. What other kind of sharks topic do you want to discuss? Boy, uh, could talk about Barabanov a little bit. Okay. I'm trying to figure out what to do with, with him. Is he, is he a guy that you think Greer is going to want to unload? Or do you think, you hang on to him. What do you think? Uh, he is an interesting guy because his cap hit isn't too bad, right? Uh, what is he uh, right now? I'm pulling up cap friendly right now. Um, so he's signed for the next this year and next year at $2.5 million. With that yeah. perspective, Oscar Lindblom is signed for the exact same contract at $2.5 million. <laughs> um, on most teams, he's probably more of a kind of middle six type of guy. Um, but he has really, really kind of solidified himself and shown his worth. And you you see what, especially playing with Couture, like how it's kind of rejuvenated Logan Couture, because it makes Couture's life easier, right? Bear Benoff's really good at transition. Uh, he's really good at you know passing. He's really good at holding onto the puck in the offensive zone, especially in the cycle, and then finding that open guy. And but I mean, if you're Mike Greer. You know, I think other than, you know, Eric Carlson, who I know everyone wants to trade Eric Carlson, but I just, I just don't see it happening. Everybody else and, and Tomas Hurdle because of his no move clause, like everybody else is fair game. Does, is Barrett Benoff going to be a productive member on this team three years from now? Yeah. I mean, we have, you said this year, or next year, right? Two, two and a half yep. million. I mean, that's, you could optimistically say next year, maybe we could make a run, but I think there's not much of a chance. So it's like, why, why are we going to hold on to him then? You know, he's having, he's on pace around 50 points right now. Um, that's, you know, on a good team, that's second line, uh, your second line winger. And I, yeah, I mean, I think I pretty much agree. I think we should just get what we can for him right now. Um, if we could get a first for Barkley Goodrow, you know, hopefully we could get a first for Barabanov. I don't know. Multiple how. firsts. For, you, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You like package points. Yeah, so. you you package Barabanov and the uh, the Canes third round pick for a, t- a first uh, pick, first round pick. I like what you're thinking. I like that. So that'd yeah, be really no. fun. So yeah, no, I think 
Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I would. I don't think he's fitting in our window. Like you said, I don't think he's going to be a member of this team a few years from now, even if we don't trade him. So get what we can. Yeah, and it's that's just good asset management. You found him basically for free, right? You traded, you know, uh, for Suomela for him. He wasn't doing anything with the, the Maple Leafs. You gave him an opportunity, and he flourished in that opportunity. But then, again, that's, that's – I know he's he's doing well and he's become kind of a fan favorite, but again, you're at some point he's going to be passed by your Bortolos and your Eklunds and your Robins and your Wiseblots, hopefully, and you're going to have to make room for these guys at some point. I know, I mean, other than Bortolo and Eklund, I think those guys are ready to make the jump, but the other guys aren't. But at some point, you're going to have to kind of make room for these guys. You can't have a thousand Matt Nietos and Nick Benitos and Barabanovs, you're going to have to make room for these guys who are going to be your future core at some point. So um, we'll see. I, I interesting to see if people sniff around Barabanov heading to the trade deadline um, again, you know, especially with the year and I, one year left 2.5 isn't that bad, but we just, we know how tight right now the cap is with, with most teams kind of up against the cap. And I would, wonder if the sharks would be willing to eat salary into next year but then you're kind of already eating burn salary you've got the martin jones buyout you've got a kind of starting to kind of snowball some of these uh these these burn or these kind of dead cap hits here if you if you want to eat bear banoff's cap for next year yeah i mean two and a half million really isn't that much for bear banoff yeah uh, like i don't know i mean i guess we could if we had to but I, we, we shouldn't have to be able no, to, be able to I, unload him there's some there should be a taker for Barabanov if we want to trade him. Um, you know, Greer Greer's whole thing is he still wants to be competitive and try and win games, even if uh, even if he doesn't think we're going to compete, which is a little bit of a questionable strategy. But you know, <laughs> it's fine. So that leads me to believe maybe he's going to want to hold on to him. Um, but I don't know. I, I think I think it's hard to predict what he's going to do. So. Yeah, it's going to be interesting uh predict what we do. Before uh, we continue, we got to talk about, uh, of course, Lord Jasper Weatherby getting traded. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, you know, we'll get into to somebody insulting how you became a Sharks fan and, you know, why you have not uh, turned away or you're, you're just stuck with us now. Oh, stuck I haven't until. turned away. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's, we all ask the same question every year uh, because one year, one year. It's going to make up for it. So uh, before we do uh, get into that, we do need to take a quick break. Talk to you guys about our friends over at Built Bar. If you guys know Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. They have a bunch of amazing flavors. I know right now, everyone, you just got to the holidays. You want to try to eat healthier right now. Maybe you got to work on the old gut like I do. Um, that's where Built Bar can come in because they can be a nice, healthy snack for you. Uh, each one is covered in 100% real chocolate. They've got great flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. And if you don't like waiting, like I don't like, I hate waiting for stuff to come in the mail. You can actually just go to Walmart, pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs. Or if you're close to a Sam's club, run in, grab a 13 bar uh, box of their hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You'll thank me later. So again, go check out Built Bar or Built.com too. They also have a bunch of amazing flavors and they got new ones coming out all the time. All right. Lord Jasper Weatherby uh, was traded to the Red Wings uh, today. Um, 
I know a lot of people are really sad. Uh, I have been a Jasper Weatherby fan for a long time. I mean, we gave, we literally gave him the nickname Lord Jasper on this podcast, you know, and kind of speaking about timelines again, right? I don't think Jasper Weatherby kind of fit the Sharks timeline and, you know, made the Sharks last year coming out of camp. Um, play, you know, kind of yo-yoed, mostly played NHL games, played some AHL games. And then this year, kind of was regulated on the third or fourth line on the Barracuda and just wasn't producing. And it sucks giving up on a prospect that you've been kind of waiting on, you know, especially guy is drafted. Well, I think it's 2017 or 2018. So it's like, you've been kind of waiting for him. Um, but I mean, I, my career wanted to try to improve the Barracuda right now. And they got a career AHL guy who's going to kind of come in and, and, play AHL minutes and maybe help some of these young guys uh, try to turn a team that's been struggling to win recently. Yeah. Jasper Weatherby, uh, nice story, but I'm not personally going to miss the guy too much. Uh, he, I mean, this year he's got six points in 39 AHL games. Yeah. He's been less productive in the AHL this year than he was, he was. in the <laughs> NHL last year. Yeah. Um, so like last year, if we make this move in the off season, I'd be like, yeah, obviously what, what are we doing? But uh I agree. There's definitely more value in trying to pump up the CUDA, get the, you know, get some more experience playing with all the young rookies we have on the CUDA than hoping that six point Jasper Weatherby is going to somehow turn into an NHL player uh, in his mid to late twenties, whenever that window would be. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I overall, I mean, I saw a post on Reddit where someone was just freaking out. Like, this is the worst move of the season. Like, and it's like, no, look, look at Luke is the worst move of the season. And I will, yeah. <laughs> I will go to my grave with that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I'm Jasper Weatherby, the guy, super great guy, great story. Like I interviewed him. I spent like five minutes talking to him afterward, like wanted to know about, you know, me, you know, took a picture with my kid after the game, like super great guy. One of the nicest guys I've, I've ever met. I'm rooting for him. I hope he can kind of find his game with the, with the Red Wings here, you know, but again, it's like the, the CUDA have a lot of young guys, right. And yeah. some of those, a lot of these young guys are kind of producing and some of them aren't. And, you know, you look at like him, you look at like a Scott Reedy, you look at like an Adam Raska, guys who been around for a little bit and they're just not producing at the same levels that they were. And it's, kind of confusing especially with the increased talent right um you would expect these guys to start to try to continue to produce somewhat similar to what they have me i know they don't have the same roles but with increased talent you know you're going against you're not taking kind of that that top line competition you're you're kind of i know a little bit buried down on the depth chart but you know it's, it's disappointing when a guy when you kind of have to give up on a prospect and hopefully this can you know help the kuda who really want to make the playoffs and want to get this group of guys playoff experience and, you know, kind of get the, get them going on a, you know, winning culture. But. Yeah. I, uh, as a whole, I'd love to talk about the CUDA some more. I mean, I think they're very, uh, very interesting. I had very high hopes for them to start the year and, you know, I haven't been awful or anything, but uh, I guess, I don't know. Maybe I was just too optimistic expecting a little more from them. There's a lot of rookies playing. So it's probably a little, little bit of high hopes um but yeah i mean this 2020 draft class obviously very highly touted and they all kind of moved on to the cuda at the same time to start the year yep um a couple of them have been pretty disappointing in their production brandon co aussie weisblatt um they have five or sorry eight points and five points respectively 
uh, between the two of them. And then, you know, your Tristan Robbins, Daniel Gushin have been a fair bit more productive. Um, but yeah, as a whole, I think maybe not as much offense from the group as we were, as I was hoping. And then the, obviously the defense hasn't been great either is two of the three goalies had a safe percentage under 900. Um, kind of a theme of San Jose hockey right now. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts on Kuda as a whole? Have you been disappointed at all, or do you think it's still kind of what you're expecting? Uh, I mean, I, I'm a little disappointed. You know, I thought this team would be kind of a little bit more competitive on most nights. And, you know, with the rookies thing, there there is that learning curve, right? You know, especially for a lot of these guys going from juniors to playing professional hockey. You know, I know Eklund played a year in the SHL and played some NHL games last year, a couple of years in the SHL and played some NHL games. So you kind of expected him to, to kind of hit the ground running, right? And uh, Bortolo played NHL games and he played in Michigan, especially in Michigan where you're playing with a bunch of guys who are already in the NHL type of situation, you know, but like guys, like, like you said, Co, who I thought, I thought he would kind of hit the ground running a little bit quicker, especially given his experience playing in the, you know, the AHL during his, the COVID season. Um, you know, I, I think he would probably be the first to admit too, that he's disappointed with the way he, his season has gone. Um, you know, and even Robbins, who was really good to start the season, he slowed down recently. I, I think he might be dealing with a bit of an injury, um, kind of fighting through some of that stuff right now. But, you know, it, it's it's easy. I mean, myself included, where it's like, hey, we got all these rookies. It's going to be awesome. They're going to come in and be great. And, you know, there's a natural learning curve to some of these guys. And, you know, I think they will eventually be good. Um, you know, but I think it's just a lot to expect them to all to kind of come in and be great together. Right. And. I fell for it too. And I, they were really great to start the season. And then, you know, once the defense kind of fell apart, the offense wasn't able to kind of carry them through that. And I think maybe they put too much pressure on, on themselves in the offensive zone to try to score. Um, but I think now that they're starting to get some defensive pieces back, you know, mainly uh, Derek Pouliot, who knew Derek Pouliot was the, the Jenga piece for the, the Barracuda going into the <laughs> season. But, um, you know, just starting to get some competent defensemen back there where they're not, having to sign guys off the street, you can kind of start to build that up and, you know, you don't have to push so much, I think in the offensive zone and we should start to see them, you know, hopefully start to gain some momentum here going into the the back half of the season. Yeah. It's also, it's always tough going from juniors to pro hockey and AHL um, like Brandon co obviously huge league change, yep. but you know, going from 101 points to eight is pretty jarring. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i mean this this whole this 2020 draft class they're all still very young um most of them i think think still have a pretty good shot of making the nhl and being productive players having nice careers um i still love daniel gushin oh he's so he's good. my guy he's, from, he's so uh, filthy hands yeah yeah and I, the yeah. way gushin's game has grown too where it's like you knew he could shoot but like the deceptiveness with his passing it's yeah. really great and especially like there there's a couple of highlights of him just looking like he's going to shoot and the goalie you know the goalie has to respect that shot and then it's just like oh cool i'm gonna go find the guy right here who's just gonna tuck it home type of thing just yeah, yeah. um I, i've been really impressed with him i think once he kind of continues to kind of build up his body here um you know he's kind of a short guy i mean all these 2020 guys most of them are pretty short um but yeah i, I think once he kind of start you know continues to kind of develop and, and stuff i think he's going to be a nice find for the sharks yeah no and and he's let's see here he's 21 years old or 20 no, he's only 20 so he's younger than most from that draft class even so um yeah no daniel gushin i think uh 
think he's still got a real shot of making it. And he, he's had like a decent year. He's 20 points, 37 games. It's not bad for a rookie in the NHL. Nope. So. Yeah, and he's been he was kind of bouncing up and down to the line of like you know playing third line, the second you know second, and finally kind of playing first line with Eklund here. Uh, Dude, every recently. night I see them tweet out the lines for the Barracuda. It's different every <laughs> single night without fail. Like of course, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's too. You're also trying to kind of work guys in and trying to build the confidence of guys. You know, like your Aussies and your Coes who you, you know can't quite crack the game. You know, crack a lineup every night. So I think it's trying to kind of mix those those guys in. Have you been to Tech? you yet i haven't i'm actually not in the bay area right now i moved oh. away about five years ago so gotcha. i haven't been to a sharks game in a while or kuda i went to a kuda game right before i moved but that was obviously sap center if you go back to the bay at some point i uh, i highly 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 recommend going to yeah. a, a kuda game it's a absolute blast so cool. yes um Somebody, so I'll give you the last word here before we get out. Anything you want to say? Anything any, you want to shout out? Um, anything you want to, yeah, it's all yours, buddy. Uh, let's see. Shout outs to Illuminato. I don't know if you ever recognize him in the chat or the comments, but he's kind of the guy that introduced me to Locked on Sharks. And I've been watching uh, you and previously Kyle for a couple of years now. Um, kind of my go to podcast for the Sharks after the game. So thank you for that. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, it's it's sharks are in such a tough spot right now. I don't know. I I I I've never been in a spot where I am rooting for them to lose until right <laughs> now. Weird. Even like the last couple years, like when they had like a five percent chance of making the playoffs two thirds of the way through the year, I was still clinging on to hope. But this year is obviously like point one percent. So I just I'm I'm rooting for them to lose games, and it's it's tough. But um, yeah. Kuda's looking pretty good. Uh, Philip Beestead, a lot of these other guys from this last uh, well, last draft year were pretty good too. I'm excited to see who we get. Hopefully, a good top ten pick. So, future's hopefully bright, but we'll see. Yes, the future future will be bright. I promise. We're, we'll we'll get there. I promise. Uh, okay. William Eklund leading the way. So. That'll do it for us tonight. Uh, thank you so much, uh, somebody's all for hopping on. Uh, we'll have to do this again sometime. You know, maybe after after the season ends, we'll you know uh, talk about free agency or do a recap or something like that. Whenever, whenever you want to come back on, buddy, you are more than happy, more than free to come back on. So. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at my fry hole. Um, you can follow Summoning Salt. Uh, you should probably already following him because he's got like 100,000 followers already. So uh, if you're not following him, go follow him. Um, you can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Locked on Sharks. Um, you can listen wherever you get podcasts, Apple, Spotify, uh, Amazon Music. Watch on YouTube. Um, one day I'll have like one and a half million uh, subscribers. Uh, that'd be great. Um <laughs> Maybe if all of your subscribers just click the subscribe button for me, that'd be super awesome. So uh, I'll, yeah, put up the bat signal. So until then, try. bye friends.